worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. Once I invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, I'm Sharon Kleina. The mission of our show is called The Power of Water. Water on Earth is the primary source, as you know, of all life. And without the water, there is no life. And you often wonder, I do, why is it that our um, scientists and politicians and uh, from all over the world are not prioritizing water as the most important focus of all time and never leaving it behind? But I decided to do that. Many years ago in my research, I'm the founder of Biologic Aqua Research, and 30 years ago, I decided I was going to bring, bring back water to the focus of this planet. Yes, you're drinking water, and we have companies like Nestle who have the most wonderful waters to drink all over the world. So now you can choose to go buy a water that you can be confident that is being quality regulated by a company of prestige and respect that you will drink quality water with you everywhere you go. You can carry it. Their education is vital, and other water companies like that are vital to your lifestyle. You have power in water. You have distilled waters. You have all the canal waters. You've got all kinds of water, but you never understood the vitalness of water and your body. Your body is made up of water. 98% of your body is mostly water. I say 80 to 90. Water. The brain is 80 to 90. Your blood is 80 to 90. I could go on and on. Your eyes at the surface of your eyes. Did you know that the surface of your eyes is 99% water? You've not. This show is to give you that education. And as we talk with our guests each week, Always have in the back of your mind the priority of water and how important it is for all of the planet Earth to exist for an eternity with water. And when our astronauts, like Neil Armstrong, when he went out the first time into space and all of these very heroic astronauts, we should be praying for what they've done. They went out into space to understand and look back at Earth and what is happening on Earth that we haven't seen on the Earth and what is the relationship that Earth has in the solar system of eternity. And guess what? Water. It's the water. Now, have you ever noticed the difference between a forest with trees and moss and ferns, and then in, in the deserts of the world, a desert, the desert is dry. There's dehydration there. What is that doing to affect the body, of, of uh, the body that is the organism of water? Then you go over to the forest, and you see the moisture in the trees, and moisture in the moss, and moisture in the soil, and moisture in the ferns. That is 
humidity in the air to provide healthiness and detoxification. Then you go back over to the desert again and you take another peek, and you'll notice that it's very drying. And have you noticed the difference between skin color that lives in the desert and skin color that lives in the moisture of the mountains and mountain ranges? There's moisture, humidity. So without the water on earth, in the lakes, the streams, the rivers, and the reservoirs and we have, and of course we have an ocean water that takes the leftover of what fresh water is not absorbing on earth in the aquifers and on the surface, then you go over to what our lifestyle is needing with fresh water. And only 3% on earth is available for fresh water, and only 1% can we use. So this show is life-saving to me. I know we're going to save lives. My goal with what I do with my company, my show, and my future is this. We have 5,000 children dying a day without water. That is not to be accepted. That is not excusable. That is to be not accepted by all of us on this earth who know that water keeps people alive. We need to embarrass leaders of the world who allow that to happen. And I hope you enjoy me to embarrass people that take away the freedom and the privileges of other people to survive, be healthy, and have the nature's life that they were given at birth. Let's do that together. Today we have Dr. Keith McCormick, who's the founder of Osteo Naturals, a new line of products, and he's a chiropractic physician who is also an osteoporosis sufferer himself, but he has been um, an Ironman and, 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 and formal Olympian. He has written a book called The Whole Body's Approach to Osteoporosis, and, dis- and we're going to discuss some of those secrets that he has to teach us. I think your bones, you've got to start realizing, we don't discuss enough about our bones. And without the bones of life, there is no, there's no strength to your body. And what, again, you need hydration to those bones and you need a healthier lifestyle for your bones from birth. We're going to listen to our sponsor first with Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Did you know at the surface of your eye is 99% water? You're drinking, I hope, 8 to 10 glasses of water a day, but also the surface of the eyes need and require a moisture supplement, fresh, 100% tissue culture-grade water with Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the dry eye solution with just a mist. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Dr. McCormick. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. 
You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. McCormick, are you with us? I am. Hi, Sharon. Thanks so much for inviting me. Well, thank you for joining us. And before we begin our show, that's going to be very much a very informative, educational, and I always try to tell our uh, listeners and yourself too, and our our guests. Let's pretend like we're in the laboratory of learning, and when we're there to share and learn together. And today we're going to discuss about your background, and uh, then we're going to discuss uh, how important our bones are to us and the common sense of that. But, but doctor, tell us about your life and your background, and how did you get where you're at today? Well. Um... I'm 58 years old, and I've been in practice for, and as a chiropractor for all oh, 30 years or so now. And um, when I was younger, I uh, I was an athlete, as, as you mentioned already, and I was actually on the 1976 Olympic team for the United States, and I did Ironman triathlons. Actually, I still do. But uh, then one day I was out running, and uh, I was only 45 years old, and I had some pretty intense hip pain. And uh, after seeing a couple of doctors, we figured out that I not only had a stress fracture in my hip, but I had really severe osteoporosis, and um, that was pretty devastating. So, I, you know, I, osteoporosis, a lot of times people um, don't even really pay attention to it until it hits them, and then it is actually incredibly devastating. So I, I totally understand that um, that feeling because I've been through it. I, uh, I was at the, it's a kind of funny story, not really funny, but uh, now that I can look back on it, it's funny, but I was actually in the uh, bone density exam room and here I am a man, I'm 45 years old, I'm Olympian, I've done everything right in my, in my life uh, and the woman uh, technician looks at me and says, oh my, you have worse bone density than a 100-year-old woman. And it just floored me. It wasn't very professional of her, but uh, but it was it was certainly an eye opener, and um, it was it was tough. You know, let's discuss real quickly. Now, let's be educators to people who think they know everything. You know, Dr. McCormick, I have this thing. Uh, those of us in research are always studying what can we learn more about, and can you know enough? It's impossible. It is impossible. And it's when it comes time for studying human life, all life on Earth, the organism of life, there are no two eyes alike, no two fingerprints alike, and many more things in our individualities that are so uniquely different than other people, other life. Educate us about what bone death, how important it is it, before we start, how important is it to the, for the bones to be healthy, uh, for the healthiness of uh, individuals? Well, well, people, yeah, people don't really realize the extent to which bone health is important for your overall health. 
people think, well, yeah, they kind of support you. They, they, they give you attachments for muscles, and they allow you to be able to stand up. But other than that, they really don't understand uh, how important they are. And the importance of bone and the reason why people get osteoporosis are actually two questions that can be answered in 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 one way, and that is um, they should I should say they should be answered at the same time. Bone uh, has two functions, two major functions. It it is a recipe in addition to um, being a, a support for us. It is a um, reservoir for minerals, and um, when we are going through at times when we're not eating properly, when we're stressed, uh, we're not just taking in, in the minerals we need, your bones are there as a reservoir. So, so there's a lot of bodily functions that need uh, calcium, that need phosphorus, that need potassium, that need different uh, minerals that are actually located within your bones. So when you're going through a tough time, there's mechanisms in your body that actually break down your bone so that so that it can release calcium, phosphorus, and these minerals into your blood so that you can survive. But that's at the expense of their strength. So since the, since the bones are really important for keeping us upright for, for uh, muscle attachments, those two jobs, i.e. The, the reservoir for minerals, yet the maintaining our structural form, those two major jobs can come into conflict. And the mechanisms that keep those two jobs balanced uh, and keep the what's called the osteoclast and the osteoblast, those are the, the two major cells in bone. The osteoblasts are the ones that build bone. The osteoclasts are those cells that tear down the bone. When those two cells are constantly jockeying back and forth, building bone, uh, tearing down bone, building bone, tearing down bone, they're doing it for to keep you strong, keep your bones strong, and to make sure that there's enough minerals in your blood. The problem lies in the fact that keeping the communication between these two cell forms going properly is difficult. There's so many signals that are going on. There's hormones that affect them. There's molecular signaling molecules that, that affect them. There are... Uh, there's the, your your body's pH affects them. There's just a lot of different things that affect the way they they act, and because of that, that whole mechanism of of them talking back and forth to each other can can become unraveled, and that's the cause of osteoporosis. It's these breakdown in these signal in the signals that that try to bring these two cells cell forms together. And, and function properly is the breakdown and all that signaling that it leads to osteoporosis. Now, what are we learning? Um, as I told, uh, as you know, my field is studying the dehydration. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and follow me for a minute. Uh, in the womb, we're surrounded by water, and nature had a reason for that. And I always look at the common sense. I'm not smart. I have to study common sense. And I learned many, many years ago, Dr. McCormick, I'm going to leave it to all of you that go to school and learn all that particular description of 
medical terms and directions of, of, of application and more. I stick to the common sense. Um, we know in the womb and in the pocket of water, there was a nature to why it was water. But once that baby is delivered in that delivery room, whichever delivery room it might be at that moment, we have begin a dehydration. There's no more water around us any longer except humidity in the air that we have to thrive on. And, of course, then we must begin to drink water. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question here. I've had um, groups of uh, women's groups on here for uh, uh, lactation groups. And they say, no, no, you don't drink water until the be in for the first three months because you've, the baby may get too full. But do you believe that from birth in that moment, and we're not hearing from the doctors education about the bones, we're not getting mothers educated enough about bones. They're getting educated about the nature of this, the, the, what, what has been going on for almost from the beginning of time, feed the baby milk, get it to the stage of, of all these different stages of which you have to get it to behind, beyond the crying and getting it to crawl and then learning it, watching the teeth and the certain things that we do watch for. But what, have you ever heard of in, in, when the parents leave that hospital with that brand-new baby to also with education about how to learn more about their bones and being, well, having healthier bones? <laughs> Certainly not. I mean, I mean, talking about bone health doesn't even come into the uh, conversation of anybody until they reach fifty. That's the first time. Now, there's what I'm after, doctor. Um, yeah. You know, and and I'm back to even the water. Uh, when the mother leaves the hospital, are they talking about the baby to drink water? Because our babies, doctor, are not liking taste without some, something without a taste. Well, if they acquire a taste for water from the beginning, they may not be craving sweet as much uh, because the milk is sweet. It's well, for sure, a lot of a lot of parents uh, give their children uh, babies uh, juice. And the juice is, is before pretty, the water. It, well, <laughs> way before the water, and also it it uh, does a lot to uh, cause teeth teeth problems. Now, and now, and they're wanting to blame everything there is to blame, and we're all coming back to this. When that parent leaves the hospital with that brand new beginning of time, and you're going to laugh when I tell you this one. Um, when I was young, I was never going to get married, and I fell madly in love. With my husband, I've been married with almost 50 years next year. And I, oh my gosh. Congratulations. I'm in love. I'm in love. Okay. And then I was never going to have children either because I was going to be in, I was going to do things in in studying and things I was going to do with my career. Okay. Well, I fell madly in love. And about three months later, the doctor says, you're you're going to have a baby. I said, no way. (laughs) And then doctor, I had to learn, I started studying and I had a book in every room because all of a sudden it dawned on me, I have to, I have to start learning to feed something I've never met. <laughs> In other words, what I eat, I have to feed something I've never met yet. And the day she was born, and it was a she, I studied nutrition. I studied everything there was to study. But the first moment she had a tooth showing up at all, doctor, she was sitting in a dentist chair to get influenced by the, being comfortable. What I'm saying here is, 
what's the education for parents to understand the importance of teaching for the food and for number one, drinking water, of course, number two, the proper food for the bombs? Well, yeah, it's the first 20 years of your life that exactly. that, that essentially build up your bone. And then by the time you're actually in their mid-30s, uh, you, people naturally start losing bone, or at least maintaining. They're certainly not building bone at that point. So it is the first 20 years of your life are incredibly important for, for getting a level of bone density, bone strength, bone health, that will then carry them through the rest of their life. And stop and think about it for a minute as we're talking, Doctor. I just don't need this flash uh, of how important bone education is. Remember, as we grow from that tiny little short, small life of, of an organism person, the bones have to go with that. The bones have to be growing, too. That's true, yep. And, and, the, the and, and, and you know, uh, it's kind of like if you have a little puppy, and then all of a sudden the puppy gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, when you have a baby, the baby is getting bigger and bigger. When does a person average full growth stop? What is the age of their, when they stop growing? Well, it depends. It, it, boys and girls are a little bit different on that, but essentially about 18 or so. That's when they've reached their, their maximum uh, height. And, mm-hmm. but, uh, but bone accrual, bone density, actually continues for, for longer than that and to probably around 25 or so. Now, when you say, educate us, when you say the bones continue, though, mm-hmm. what, are, what are the bones doing then? Well, they're, they're, they're modeling. They're, they're doing two things. As a person, when a person's younger, they go through what's called modeling of bone. In other words, as they uh, exercise, as they change in height and, and strength and things like that, bone actually changes shape, and that's called modeling. So, so the osteoclast will tear down, tear down bone, and the osteoblast will build up bone into actually different shapes of bone. That's called modeling. Then, now, stop for a second. I'm going to ask you something. When you say the word modeling, mm-hmm. is that forming a bone structure inside of your individuality and yes, body that's to fit exactly, you? That's exactly to fit what you it is. and wh- your lifestyle and how you're growing. Right, because one person may be, uh, you know, we're, we are all born and then we have a genetic predisposition for, for how our bones are going to look, but we all choose different routes in our lives like i chose to become an athlete and so because of that my bones had to gain a certain form because i was a runner and because i rode horses and things like that so so those bones were forming to my uh stressing them a certain well way. let's put it this way you were forcing your I was bones forcing by yes. by now and i don't don't mean that in the no, negative. No, no, no. Yeah. All of a sudden, your choices and your lifestyle all were influencing your born bone formations. Right, and that modeling occurs uh, predominantly up to probably age twenty-five or thirty, and then uh-huh. then it slowly changed to what is called remodeling. There's less modeling and more remodeling. In other words, remodeling is is just keeping that form the way it is. The osteoblasts have to keep 
keep functioning, but they're no longer changing right. the actual form of that bone. Right. Now I'm going to ask you something, and, I'm, and, and don't I'm not a, I'm not going to try to get you to answer something that you're not familiar with, but you can give me a theory. On it. you know, a theory just means a theory or a what? When with our and I loved a sports. Um, and I was very active in sports, too, but not in the way you were. Um, when you started your sports young, do you think there's any influence with children starting aggressively too young for the bones that have not really formed completely yet? Uh, well, sure, you shouldn't. A, a, a child shouldn't be lifting weights because their growth plates are not formed properly. Uh, I think, but other than that, I think... Almost more when a when a child is pushed into doing too much exercise, doing too too aggressive athletics, it almost becomes more of a psychological. Well, uh, let's don't say the word pushed because I have to tell you, I truly believe, and I watch myself, and I bet you'll admit this too. You loved it. Nobody had to push. Oh, you. no! Nobody pushed me at all. But I have certainly seen. And you just felt like. You had yeah. that was the satisfaction you got. No doubt about it. Since exactly, I was six, and since I, did I was it. six years old. I ran and yeah. loved it. <laughs> I was this, uh, exactly that way. Uh, I looked like a girl. I acted like a girl, but oh, I like to go out there and do what I did in sports. And I'm seventy. I'm older than you. So mm-hmm. when we started young. Uh, they allowed us in school very young to start. Nowadays, they don't allow the sports events the way we did when we were younger. But I was younger. But back to the bone density now. Uh, take us on forward now, because I wanted to back up and say sometimes we do things a little too early, and we and but then we're going to come along too. What we need from birth to be eating and what we, the water we need to drink and take a, acquire a taste for and the type of foods that mothers and fathers need to be understanding what the baby's nutrition is for the bone density, the bone health from birth. What would and, that be? Well, it's almost what it, what it should be and what it shouldn't be. And because in our today's society of Western diet, it's very heavy on acid-forming uh, foods like potatoes and meat. And uh, I guess if you know, the more alkaline a person's diet is, the more vegetables, fruits they eat, the, and less cheeses because cheese is really acidic-forming. Uh, now that, I was going to ask you today about. Uh, and I'm excuse me for interrupting because I try to grab on to what a person says you're saying uh, as you say it rather than waiting and no, coming fine. back. Um, on the dairy products, uh, what is your thinking with children? Because that becomes a, a, a very here's a glass of milk and here's this cheese and here's this you know what what is your thinking yeah, about there's, children? There's certainly, uh, Cheese is a big part of the American diet, and uh, it is. It has a lot of calcium, has protein, but it's very acidy forming. And okay. the more acidic our body is, the 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 poorer our bone health will be. So cheese is okay in in minimal amounts. Small um, doses. Pardon. <laughs> Small doses. Small doses. <laughs> uh, if if you're not allergic. What about to the it, glass of milk? Uh, I'm uh, uh, milk. You said milk. Yeah. Um, Small doses uh, again, maybe. A, a lot of people become allergic to milk, 
and some of them actually, you know, have digestive disruption because of it. And in general, I would say because of that, I'm not a big milk fan. Uh, I think that people should get their calcium, uh, their their, uh, their protein from vegetable products, uh, fish also for the protein, uh, chicken, but stay away from the red meats. Um, although you know red meat once a week or something like that is fine. And you know I think I look at things all in moderation, uh, a little bit, uh, but a little bit less in cheeses and, and dairy products. Oh, you're being you're being cautious. I, 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 I am. feel no, it. Well, no, I you know <laughs> because the way I look of at... what's going on out there. But I have had on here uh, individuals about in nutrition. I've had Dr. Campbell with the China study. Uh, Dr. Esselstein with the preventive heart disease, and I could go on and on and on, uh, the new diet thinking. And it's kind of strange to say the new diet. It should have been the diet all along. It should be. <laughs> but, but you're, you're being cautious. I'm, not, I'm, not I'm actually on not being. Toes, but we are, there's discussion going on and research that milk and dairy products are not as healthy as we thought they were. That, and that, uh, there's other ways to go into the green vegetables and the raw vegetables and the raw fruits to get what we're after with what we add to our diet during a day. So I said it for you, but you don't have to say it. Well, I also think, even though I'm really not trying to just be politically correct, I'm also really realizing that when people start to change their diets, they're 50 years old, 55, 60 years old, and they find out they have osteoporosis, and they realize the importance of changing their diet, sometimes it can be so overwhelming that they just throw up their hands and they quit. So I try to uh, convince them of things that are important, but make it so they can still have a life and enjoy some things. That's all. Well, we can cheat once in a while. That's what what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I uh, unless they're gluten doctor. sensitive, if they're gluten sensitive, then they can't cheat. Yeah, there's a doctor, Philip Payton, who I want to introduce you to, and he's an ophthalmologist surgeon. And he originally was at Cornell as a chemical uh, engineer, and now he, he many many years ago became an ophthalmologist. Now he's dove into Dr. McCormick into diet. He brought into his medical practice in Mefford, Oregon, somebody who specializes in the diet of all of his patients. When he sees the patient, he wants them to go discuss their diet. And he's got them thinking about the fresh vegetables, the fresh fruit, and getting away from the dairy products. And, and there's, he's, he deals with patients in the eye category that are uh, macular degeneration, uh, diabetics, and you name it, heart disease, too much medication. And, the, you know, you can imagine where an ophthalmologist has all these patients coming in because when you're having these uh, uh, you're having a, a being affected, your health is being affected, and your eyes will, you can look into the eye, and you'll have eye trouble complaints, especially dry eye. And then you go into your doctor wondering what to do, and he's all of a sudden saying, let's see if we can do it with your diet, too. And you're just saying it today, too, with, right. with your background, is the diet. Now, You've got, my, a, you've got some my, secrets out there, you said, you've got discussion of secret nutrients. So uh, we're going to take a moment with our sponsor here in a second, and we're gonna, uh, we'll be right back. But you're going to tell us about those secret nutrients. I'm curious what you've been learning. Could you stay there for a minute, and we're going uh, to listen from, with our sponsor, and we're going to come back, and you're going to tell us your secrets. Okay. Okay, okay we'll be right back. 
for listening to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll be right back with Dr. McCormick's secret. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. McCormick, we're discussing the bones. That are, it's, I'm so glad we did this show, and I always forget to thank my program director, Polly. Featherton, who makes these programs available for me to have with guests like yourself that are just all over the world. We've been in Kenya. We've been in Holland. We've been all over, Doctor. But this is the first time we've had one on, we've had chiropractors on before, but stressing on the bones and the healthiness from birth for the, with the bones to learn more about it. What are some of the secrets? Let's say that listeners are now no longer babies listening. And uh, what, are, what are some of the secrets for a stronger bones? Well, um, for, first, before I, before I answer that, I just want to mention that, that in my book, The Whole Body Partial Osteoporosis, I really explain to people the diet aspect of, of a good diet for, for bone health. So it can be a little bit um, overwhelming, but in my book I really lay it out for people, and it's a lot easier to, to understand then. As far as secret ingredients <laughs> for, for improving bone health, there are some things that you just wouldn't ever connect with bone health. Uh, I mean, the, most people understand that calcium and vitamin D obviously are, are good for bone health, but you have to really look at wh- what causes bone loss before you can kind of look at, well, what might help it. And the, the major overwhelming uh, reason why people lose bone density is because of two things, because of chronic inflammation in their body, and because their bodies are acidic. So anything you can do to decrease chronic inflammation and in more neutralize their body as pH, the, the better off their bone health will be. Uh, and that's why diet is so important, because um, a, a better, healthier diet with lots of fruits and vegetables are, is going to decrease inflammation. It's also going to improve your body pH, so just by eating healthy, and I, and I really want to emphasize that supplements, even though I, am, I own a company that sells supplements, I am a firm believer that supplements mean exactly that. They're supplements. They're supplements to a good, healthy diet, exercise program, 
drinking lots of water, being healthy and and engaging in a healthy lifestyle, and then you supplement your body with these special things to help uh, help decrease that inflammation and help uh, neutralize your pH. One of the things in in one of my products that I that I sell is alpha lipoic acid, and when you take alpha lipoic acid and you combine it with N-acetylcysteine, those are two really magical um, ingredients that can help reduce the inflammation and reduce the activity, the over-aggressive activity of osteoclasts. So the alpha-lipoic acid and acetylcysteine will actually help decrease osteoclastic activity that is becoming aggressive because the body is uh, too inflamed. Yeah, and the, the one thing um, uh, that I would like you to mention, too, is I always like to stress the fact that if you're taking supplements or any supplement, I don't care what it is, and you're eating that day and supplements, drink uh, lots of water. People don't realize, doctor, if you're not drinking enough water, no supplement's going to work. Your food isn't going to be nutri- nutritional enough. Well, and, and water helps the body, uh, helps neutralize the body a lot exactly. of times. You know, when the body becomes toxic and it becomes dehydrated, the toxins uh, become more pronounced. Uh, there, there we go. And water helps flush out all these toxins. It's the number one thing from the morning you get out. Now, then you add in the mouth or whatever the supplements. And the water, if and nothing is going to be as effective unless you're drinking enough water. And people, for some reason, think that the tea and the juice and uh, the other liquids will be liquidy. It's not. It's got to be fresh water with no added ingredients. It's, uh, water was brought to nature's earth, to the nature of earth, as a solvent, as a healer, as a benefiter, as a to provide wellness and 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 grow our planet, Earth itself. Well, uh, and and to relate with the solar system we're living in because we have the water. Um, now on the supplements. Uh, what are some of the supplements now? When a person, I've been saying also to doctor that when you get out of bed in the morning and your feet land on the ground, I don't care if you're under the bridge or you're where you're starting out that moment, you're beginning to move your day. We've got to get to know ourselves so we know what our body's requiring because nobody knows how to live in your body. You're living with your body. To get to know what your body is craving, what your body is needing, only one person knows that is the person themselves. That's true, <laughs> and uh, you know, it, it's it sometimes is difficult for people to um, to really regulate their intake in nutrients, and especially uh, when they have a disease process like osteoporosis, they're trying to to figure out what's good for them and what isn't good for them. And I think you're right in your comment of is you try to essentially reflect in inside and see, you know, what does make you feel good and what doesn't make you feel good. But but we can even go beyond that and even be even more scientific than that in that, um, I mean, I, I think that reflection is really important, but also to do laboratory tests. And right. lab, there's so many lab tests out there that can can essentially look inside us and, and in, on, in black and white, give us a feedback as far as are we deficient in magnesium? Do we need lipoic acid in our body? There are lab tests that can actually show us that. Right. Um, uh, 
there's a lot of um, ways that, and that's what my whole book is all about, is about doing laboratory testing so that we can come up with, with what I call therapeutic targets. There are uh, scientifically based targets that we look at as lab tests, as symptoms, as signs of our bodies, and then when we see that they're abnormal, when we see that, oh, we have a high bone resorption marker or we have a high um, C-reactive protein or a high homocysteine level, that we can do something about that nutritionally to improve those markers. And uh, like, for example, taking uh, using fish oil to bring down uh, C-reactive protein. Now I said bring up fish oil today. Uh, because, <laughs> on my notes. you know, like for, for yeah. bone health, if a person has has very low bone density, but there's C-reactive protein, which is an inflammatory marker. It's a protein that's released by the, by the liver when they're inflamed. When that's high, they're going to have sometimes two and three times more of a chance for fracturing than somebody else with the same bone density but a low C-reactive protein. So in those cases, fish oil, um, curcumin, those kind of, uh, of nutrients will be so helpful in reducing that person's risk for fracture. They may not actually, these nutrients may not actually improve the person's bone density, but bone density is one thing. Fracture risk is another. And by decreasing these therapeutic targets, these, these abnormal bone, te- uh, abnormal laboratory tests that can be done, and I outline them all in my book. Now, Doctor, um, when a person goes, to, let's say that listeners or individuals out there, and I'll, pre- I'll stress this on our press release too, but on this show, but about this show, but uh, when when you when the person goes to ha- wants to have a test, mm-hmm. and they go to the doctor or um, uh, say, well, I would like to have a particular test to for the, to examine this, what would they call that? Well, there's a whole list of tests. Because you don't, you don't, you want to go in and have a blood test with all of these different descriptions you're saying. But you don't have to have a blood test per one. So what would be the name of the test that you'd recommend? Well, there's, there's what I call a core of testing that, that should be done for everybody who has low bone density. And, um. Well, do they have to do it because they have low bone density? Can't they do it to find out? More about the health of their bones. Well, if you to just to find out the health of your bones, uh, about the, the the best way to go, I think, is just to go to the doctor and make sure that they have a bone density examination. Okay, there called, we go. Called the DEXA, and okay. and everybody should have one of those. As, as I would say, from age forty on, you should at least go in and have your bone density tested, and that will tell you if you're in trouble or not, if you have low bone density or not. If it comes back that you have osteopenia or, or osteoporosis, then you have to sit down with your doctor and talk about different, uh, talk about why you have this bone loss. And there's a there's a panel of of, of uh, laboratory tests that I think are just you just can't uh, assess bone health without them. And and I'm just going to list them off. I um, actually they're all listed in my book on page 43. But I'm going to I'm going to read them off. If, if that's okay. That's wonderful. Uh, yes, go The ahead. first is, is called a comprehensive metabolic panel, mm-hmm. and that tells you things like what's your serum calcium level, which is really important. Um, it, uh, also a CBC, your vitamin D level, which is incredibly important, even if, especially for anybody who lives 
uh, up in the northwest where you do or northeast where I do, I live in Massachusetts, it, it, that anybody should, everybody should have a vitamin D test. Um, they should have their urine calcium tested, the, a 24-hour sample, to see if they're losing calcium in their urine. They should have a, a celiac profile. One of the, the major causes a, of, of osteoporosis is celiac disease and even a, uh, a sensitivity to the gluten within wheat, oats, barley, and rye. Um, so it's important to make sure that a person isn't, isn't sensitive to gluten. Uh, and then they should have a, what's called a bone resorption marker. And there's several bone resorption markers. There's NTX, CTX, and DPD. And you don't have to get all three of them, but just so you get one of those, and that will tell you if you're losing bone rapidly. And then there's homocysteine and C-reactive protein, and those are um, inflammatory markers. I'd already mentioned the C-reactive protein. So, so in a nutshell, those are the what, eight or so lab tests that everybody should have if they find out they have low bone density. And then there's others that, that can come into play if, if needed, but they, that's the minimum that people should have. Mm-hmm. Now, we're, this is very important today, this uh, discussion on health of bones. You know, we're at a, uh, a, Cleopatra showed us all way back in time, and the Romans and the Turks and all these, uh, Hippocrates taught us that it's not, it's not, um, it, it's not a sin to be vain. And uh, we should value our life and our appearance, too, is important. And if a person's not going to take good care of your bones, you can sure definitely begin to age very quickly. Definitely. And, and you know what bothers me is, is often a person will go in, they'll have their bone density, and their doctor will say, oh, you have osteoporosis, here is a prescription for a bisphosphonate like Fosamax or Boniva or something like that. They don't do any lab testing to find out why they have osteoporosis, nor do these lab, to do these lab tests to find out how they can actually improve their nutritional intake by, by using things like alpha-lipoic acid and things like that that can be determined what, only if you do scientific analysis, and that is lab testing. So, yes, you have Now, when to... a person goes to the doctor, let's say uh, we have not discussed this, what are some of the symptoms that makes the per- why, why is a person going with this particular symptom, and then the doctor says, I think you have a bone density problem here that's starting or and it's been progressing? What are some of those symptoms so the individual could be aware of it? Nothing. There's absolutely not nothing. Not one symptom? No, because osteoporosis is a silent disease. It's, it sneaks up on people, and it can hit anybody. There, there, there are risk factors that, that increase the likelihood that you may have osteoporosis, like smoking, uh, low uh, weight, uh, a mother alcohol who, excessively. Uh, alcohol, yeah. Oh, and what about this new thing with everybody on all these pain pills? Yeah, and there's a lot of medications out there who, that actually increase um, bone loss. So there are these risk factors that mm-hmm. that um, but but about thirty to forty percent of people who have absolutely no risk factors at all still have osteoporosis. Mm-hmm. So uh, just because you don't, I had zero risk factors. Plus, I was a male. Plus, I was only forty-five years old. 
-hmm. And I ended up having severe osteoporosis and suffering from 12 fractures over the next five years. So uh, it is everybody, I really push everybody to go get a bone density examination from their doctor, and then if they have low bone density, Mm -hmm. uh, sit down with their doctor and talk to them about the various options that they they can do. And don't just jump right into a medication. There's so much that can be do, done nutritionally and, uh, and, and not just as a, oh, I'm going to take calcium and vitamin D and hope for the best. You don't have to hope for the best anymore. You can actually assess bone loss and why it's happening and do things that can actually improve it, and then you scientifically see if you're, if you're doing the, the proper uh, regime or not. It, it, we've come a long way. We can be much more sophisticated in our approach to osteoporosis than we could 10 or 15 years ago. Now, on uh, the nutrition, um, what is a meal that you think that everybody, let's say we just not, well, we'll talk about the cheat meals. We all will, I'm, I'm not against a cheat meal for somebody, but to have a, out of your seven days a week the meals that you're having a day, what are some of the things that they should have some of every day? I am a huge advocate of kale and chard. Oh, good for you. Kale and chard, I have probably five or six days, if not seven days a week. And now I how do you fix your chard? I just, I just um, saute it in, in a little bit of either, with a little bit of uh, olive oil, garlic, onion, just saute it lightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mix it into everything. I put it, you know, if I have fish, then I have, have my kale and chard. If I have... Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I have kale and Well, chard. I put it, I also cut it up in salads, too, about all of and, it, yeah. kale and chard. And, and it doesn't, and I don't mean one little leaf of it either. No. It, it comes in a big bundle, and I will eat essentially almost one big bundle of that thing every day. Uh, it has really changed my life considerably. Mm-hmm. That, is, it is, a, those um, vegetables, uh, uh, those green leafy vegetables are very high in calcium and other minerals, and they are very alkaline You're saying dark, dark green leafed vegetables. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Go by the color. And um, now, it, it, you said something earlier, but we've got to go back there real quick, about the potatoes. Uh, what are you saying about eating potatoes? Well, white, just white potatoes are pretty acidy-forming. Okay. Uh, but sweet potatoes, yams, are great. They're very alkaline and a lot of minerals, and so I'm a big advocate of those. But the white potatoes aren't. Mm-hmm. Aren't that healthy? Okay, and what else do you recommend during? Now, you noticed you talked about fish. Where salmon? Salmon. 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 Is, oh, is, salmon. Yep, okay. It's great, and uh, um, just any any green vegetable is really really important. Uh, fruits are melons. Uh, prunes are the ideal. You know, I noticed in some notes here dried prunes. Um, tell me about the prunes. Well, I, I did a uh, a nice blog article uh, uh, on my website. Um, I, I also have a blog, and, and so I talk about things like that. And uh, I, I wrote this article about uh, uh, a blog article about my first introduction to prunes, and that was about, boy, my, probably uh, in year 2000, so 12 years ago. I was at a big uh, medical conference on uh, on bones, and and uh, there was this guy standing there uh, with his 
uh, poster that the posters are, are research that they've done, and nobody was going up to the poster and and seeing what he had done. But there was probably a thousand or, or at least five hundred other posters that everybody was looking at, but nobody was looking at his poster. <laughs> so finally, I went up to it and looked at, it, and it was all about prunes. He was a researcher from, I think it was Oklahoma State University. And he had started. He had done this research on prunes and or dried plums. I was going to say dried plums too. Yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the more politically correct way of saying it now. Uh, d- dried plums and how they are so important for bone health. So uh, they not only are high in calcium, but they are important in um, in antioxidant activity. And uh, as I mentioned before. If antioxidants are really important because they decrease inflammation, and that inflammation, that oxidative stress that happens in, in, uh, in our lives is what spurs on osteoclastic activity. So the more uh, we decrease that osteoclastic activity through antioxidants and um, decreasing oxidative stress, the healthier your bones are going to be. And when your bones are healthy, you're going to be healthy. Then, but we're almost done. We only have a couple of minutes, about a minute and a half left. What is the importance to describe this to the audience about pH? You know, there was so long there for a while. Everybody thought, "Oh my God, that pH thing is another gimmick to sell uh, cosmetics." It is not a gimmick. No, it is not a gimmick. I'm glad you said not. that. It is not a gimmick. Tell us the importance in, of the in pH. In 20 seconds, it's easy to say why your osteoclasts exude acid to degrade your bone. If you drop acid on something that's already acidic, it's going to degrade it quicker. If you have a more alkaline body and you drop the acid on it, it will degrade it less rapidly. So the, 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 if your body is acidic, it's going to have, uh, you, you're just going to have to rob those bones of the, of the alkaline Well, and it's minerals. also nature gave us an immunity protection based on the acidic balance, your pH balance. Yeah, well, uh, pH is really an important regulator for everything, for all enzymes. Exactly. For, yes. Well, we're out of time, and uh, how to, now your book is being sold on Amazon? Well, yeah, or you can get it from my publisher at New Harbinger Publications okay. or at my uh, website, osteonaturals.com. And uh, you can, that's where you can get my supplements and also my book there, too. Okay, and your supplements are very, very valuable to learn, and the education, I'm sure, is there. Well, I want to thank you for joining us. I think we learned quite a bit today about something we have not discussed enough of, is how to take better care of our body and the structure of those bones. Well, thank you for joining us today. You have a nice day, and you be well. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you. I enjoyed that. I hope you did. Um, And as we stress water, water, water with everything, we can have all of these greatest, the greatest guests guests that Polly Featherton gets me uh, on these programs is that particular guest on issues and topics. But remember, every time I have a guest, it's because I know there's a dehydration of knowledge here. Dehydration means you're losing water every day to your final passing. Life is water. Death is no water. You're gone. And always remember that the value to your body and your life is the water that is going in your body, fresh water, 100% every day, 8 to 10 glasses of water, and the right nutrients and 
new food. You can cheat once in a while. But remember the humidity you're living in is very vital. That's why our sponsor, Nature's Here Eye Mist, is so important to the eyes. I want to thank you today for listening. I think that we're learning every day. Can we learn enough? It is impossible to know it all. And remember, there are no two people dehydrating the same. Your body water loss is different than mine and everybody else's. It's because of our our life and our choices. I want to thank you for listening, and I always say, embrace your life and love the rhythm of your life like music. It's your life. But also be respectful to other people's lives and freedoms of choice. I think that is very important today with what we've been learning. People try to take away our own freedom by maybe causing a terroristic activity, an intimidation, or a bullying. It doesn't work. We are smarter than that. But also, Earth is saying with a whisper, don't say goodbye, because then you might want to take it all with you. You don't want to do that. You want to leave it behind for everyone, and something especially from you. I want to thank you for listening, and you have a very nice day. And be Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. 